Welcome to Hatter Chatter, the podcast presented by Insight Credit Union. This is where the chatter is always about the Stetson Hatters. Here is your host, Ricky Hazel. So welcome into another edition of Hatter Chatter, the podcast presented by Insight Credit Union. I am your host, Ricky Hazel, and I'm excited to be joined today by a former Stetson baseball standout and current Israeli Olympic team member, Nick Rickles. Nick, welcome in. Yeah, thanks, Ricky. Thanks for having me. So tell me about your journey. I mean, you've been, uh, since since leaving Stetson, I guess your last year was 2011, you've yep. been on quite the baseball journey in your life. Yeah, it seems like uh, that baseball journey is kind of coming to an end now, um, but I can't think of a better way, you know, to end it. And then with the Olympics, you know, since 2011, when I got drafted, you know, out of Stetson by Oakland, I played for, you know, three different organizations. I coached with one organization. Um, and then retired in 2019, assuming that the Olympics was going to happen. Um, then obviously COVID happened. They pushed everything back. Uh, but the uncertainty of knowing when the Olympics was, we kind of just trained on our own, uh, met a few times for some mini camps. And now it seems like, uh, seems like everything's coming to fruition. So talk to me about this Olympics. It's not the first time you've been on the Israeli national team, correct? Correct. Yeah. So in 2011, and um, at the end of that year, I got a call from Brad Osmus to play for the World Baseball Club. Um, and then about, let's see, had to be another three or four years later, I played with the World Baseball Classic team where we actually qualified. Um, so I've been a part of all of the Israeli teams since 2011 and until now. So it's been about nine or ten years. So what's that experience been like for you? I mean, it's got to be exciting to be able to play in – such big international competitions, the World Baseball Classic, the Olympics, and all of the qualifiers that go into that. Yeah, so, I mean, that level of baseball is unbelievable. I mean, as you can look back on some of the World Baseball Classic rosters, uh, there's former big leaguers, there's uh, World Series champions on the team. We have Ryan LaBarnway, who is, you know, an unbelievable catcher uh, that has a World Series ring, Danny Valencia, Ian Kinsler now. So um, there's some big names that I got to play with that, you know, previous to this experience, I probably would have not had the opportunity to play with and talk baseball with. So it's definitely taken me some crazy places. I was in Israel last year, I guess it'd be two years ago at this point, uh, Germany and Italy, just, just very thankful to be a part of the journey that, you know, got us to this point. And I know this is not your first trip to Japan either. You've played there before. Yeah. So the world baseball classic, I want to say it was, um, <clears throat> 2015 or 2016. It, we won the Korea side of the world baseball classic and moved on to japan um we ended up beating cuba which was a huge victory for team usa or sorry for team israel and then we ended up uh unfortunately losing to japan uh the plan was obviously to come back to america and that the tournament's um championship series was you know involving team usa in la which would have been a crazy um you know crazy thing coming back to america to play with that obviously a lot of us are American Israelis, so that would be uh, kind of a homecoming in some sort. So I was, you know, it was unfortunate we didn't get to do that, but um, obviously quali- qualifying for the Olympics definitely um, fills that void. Well, let's take a trip back in time now, all the way back to the beginning. You came out of Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, to Stetson. What was uh, the decision process like for you when you decided to make Stetson your collegiate home? So it's <clears throat> we were actually just talking about this the other day with my dad and. Uh, going through the process of, you know, high school in Palm Beach Gardens and then 
making the decision for Stetson ended up actually being an easy one. Um, I had a few other offers from a few different schools to play um, the corner. So basically third or first base. Uh, and I remember my dad talking about catching and how, you know, if you're a good catcher, you can stay around for a long time. You have a better chance to make the big leagues, all that stuff. So right. um, <clears throat> Stetson was one of the few schools that wanted me to catch, uh, told me that as a freshman, I would play in every game, which uh, obviously they honored, you know, led to being a freshman All-American, which was great. Um, so it was kind of a collective decision between me and my dad to uh, move forward with what we thought was best for my career. And, you know, looking back, it's been almost 10 years, you know, about 13 years since we made that decision. So um, I'd say looking back, it was definitely the right one to make. Just looking at your career statistics from your time at Stetson, I mean, for a catcher, you played almost every game. You played uh, 178 games over three years and started 173 of those. That's got to that takes a toll. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of work to start and catch every game. Yeah, no, I loved it. And, and Coach Dunn was, you know, a very big uh, supporter of me playing in every game. You know, he, being a catcher himself, was able to give me some tidbits of information throughout my uh, career at Sets on how to stay healthy, how to stay ready. Um, they also DH'd me a few of those starts. Uh, I believe I had a few starts at first base as well on like a Sunday doubleheader game, right. a few Sunday games as well. So, um, you know, the way they managed my playing time at Stetson uh, was a was a good transition for being a pro ball because then you end up playing in the minor leagues 142 games in 158 days. So right. uh, playing that many games throughout a season at Stetson definitely got me prepared for that. Insight Credit Union is a proud partner of Stetson University Athletics. Insight has been bringing better banking to Central Florida for nearly 85 years. Insight Credit Union is your local go-to for lower rates on auto and other loans, credit cards, and more. Not every financial institution is created equal. Experience better banking. Insight Credit Union and you better together. So what are some of your best memories from your time at Stetson as a player? I mean, obviously that 2011 season was special. Yeah, I'd have to say that would highlight the majority of uh, my memories from Stetson. You know, I had a pretty good run there at the end of that um, season where I didn't strike out for, it was like an unbelievable amount of at-bats. It was probably around the 140 mark, somewhere around there. Um, Didn't strike out, which was crazy. Obviously going to South Carolina for the regional was probably the highlight of my entire uh, baseball Stetson baseball career at that point. Um, but, you know, going to a division one college is a kid's dream, you know, outside of going pro. So I remember signing day at, at Palm Beach gardens. We had a few guys um, come in. We all wore our, our affiliated, you know, hats. I had a Stetson hat, my buddy Taylor Motter, I believe he went to coastal Carolina, had a coastal Carolina hat on. Um, so it was just, the whole process is unbelievable. You know, I wish more kids had the opportunity to, to go that route. Um, and that's kind of what I do in the off season now, give some lessons, help, you know, answer some questions with parents and stuff like that to help them move forward with their kids as well. You mentioned the long streak without a strikeout and you were always very much a contact hitter. You didn't strike out much at all. Your first two years, even you had 21 strikeouts and as a freshman and 23 as a sophomore, but that junior year, 245 at bats, 10 strikeouts. That's incredible. I mean, how, the game has gone so far away from that now that it's it's, it's a different game. And it's I actually also talked about this yesterday. I I never really hit for a ton of power numbers, and then out of nowhere, my junior year, and it's funny because they ended up deadening the bats that year too. Because my right. freshman year, they had the uh, I believe it was the orange stealth composite bats, then they went to the blue stealth composite bats from Easton, and then they had the big issues with 
you know, we're hitting too many homers. The balls are coming off too hot. Uh, so they dead in the bats and they ended up tripling my home run total. So uh, I think maybe the the thought of hitting a home run every at bat left my mind and ended up benefiting me um, that year for sure. Yeah, the numbers that year were, were incredible. You hit 347, with 20 doubles, 12 homers, 62 RBIs. That's a that's a great year at any league. Yeah, absolutely. I was very happy. And, you know, <clears throat> a couple of the guys, like, for example, Ben Carhart and I grew up together. Uh, it was it was really cool. Him and, him and Sam Kimmel. It was awesome to have guys that I went to high school with, uh, you know, be with me throughout that run. You know, that unfortunately ended in South Carolina. A few, you know, bounces here or there. I honestly think it was just pitching that ended up. We, at our level, uh, mid-major division one, it's hard for us to get the type of arms that a South Carolina can run out there. Um, but we definitely held our own. Uh, speaking of pitching, that was a year Kurt Sluter was a pitcher of the year in the conference, but he was injured at the end of the year. Talk about the kind of year he was having before he got hurt. Yeah, Kurt and I, um, we actually went to rival high schools. Uh, he went to Jupiter High School at the Palm Beach Garden. So we didn't really like each other until we ended up going to college together. Um, and then we ended up clicking really well. You know, he was a solid Friday night starter. Um, the year he had was unbelievable. And then uh, we were actually watching some interviews on YouTube um, a couple of weeks ago. And it's just me and him getting interviewed after every game. It was like hitter and pitcher of the game. It was, you know, we had, uh, I definitely had, we had more than just him and I on the team. Sure. Um, but as far as pitching goes, I think at, at our level um, and what our conference is able to offer, when we have a Friday night guy like that, it pretty much guarantees us a win every Friday. And you mentioned Ben Carhart and Sam Kimmel. And, and Ben was a third baseman when he was at Stetson, but he came a, became a catcher when he got the pro ball. Sam was obviously a catcher a couple of years later uh, for yep. Stetson. Uh, how many of those guys do you stay in touch with? you stay in close contact with a lot of your teammates from then? Yeah, so Ben and I actually just talked about 10 minutes ago. Um, he and I, I've known him since I was probably 10 years old, 11 years old. And the funny story with him and I is we actually met after me hitting a walk-off base hit um, in middle school. Uh, he went to a rival middle school. So we talk about that all the time. But he actually now is a bullpen catcher for the Baltimore Orioles. And for this little Team Israel tour we're doing, uh, we're playing in Aberdeen in Maryland. And, uh, it's not too far from the stadium. Unfortunately, they're in Kansas city and Tampa Bay the next couple, couple of days, but, um, he's coming into town for my wedding in January. Uh, so that'll be a good time to see him. And then I know Sam just had a, had a child as well. So it's, uh, we're all kind of growing up and getting out of the baseball scene. This will probably be my last little baseball hoorah, but, uh, Ben seems like he's going to stick in, in the game for a little bit longer than most of us. You know, give me. You got to give me your best uh, Sam Kimmel story from um, from when you were together in college. Oh, Sam! So we have a, a a funny. I mean, there's a ton of funny stories with that. Um, I, I actually, I think the funniest one I have is from high school. Believe it or not, so we used to uh, all carpool together. Um, obviously, in college, we didn't need to all ride in the same car, but right. uh, we used to blare the most obnoxious music you could possibly think of and just trail the track team around um, and just follow them around with the music. And our track coach used to always try to get us to run for them, thinking that we were athletic, which if you know a ton about baseball players, we're probably the least athletic athletes there are. Um, so, yeah, we got a, a near pull from, from that coach most of the time. And Sam was always at the head of those shenanigans. In college, he grew up a little bit, but uh, I would say me and Ben definitely held down the most immature – personalities on the team 
And the other person I got to ask you to give a story about, and you got to make sure it stays PG, is Coach Dunn. Oh, Coach Dunn. Um, the one thing I will say about about that man that the first time you meet him, when he shakes your hand, it feels like a bear paw. <laughs> I don't know if it's because you know back when he caught, they didn't have the catcher's mitts that we have now. It was basically just a five finger, used two hands thing. And he'll show you his hands are all. Yeah. He's probably broken every finger, but. To this day, I would say his handshake is probably the most imita- uh, intimidating handshake of anybody I've ever met. That's great. So you're, you're after after Stetson, you get drafted by the Oakland A's. You go to the Arizona Fall <laughs> League. You played. You, know, you made a lot of stops during your minor league career. Where were some of the, your favorite yep. places that you got a chance to play? So um, there's not a lot of very interesting places in the lower levels. You know, single A, rookie league. Most of those places are just um, stepping stones into getting into the, the higher levels. So for me, the best places I've played <clears throat> stadium-wise, city-wise, I have to say Charlotte is probably number one. If you've never seen a stadium, I definitely would suggest Googling the Charlotte Knights Stadium. It's in the middle of the city. The backdrop is unbelievable. It's the whole city behind it. Um, Durham, for me, was an awesome place just because sure. we grew up watching the movies you know, with the Durham Bulls and all the funny uh, minor league stories, basically the way that they told it. And it's unbelievably accurate. Um, <clears throat> my favorite place to play as far as where I was a home player, I'd have to say probably Harrisburg, which I'm actually on the way to right now, or uh, Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. Um, one's Nationals, one's the Phillies. I think those fans were uh, were unbelievable, unbelievably supportive for a minor league team. Uh, Lehigh Valley, we ended up, I don't know if a sellout is the correct term to use in the minor leagues, but we uh, pretty much filled the stands every game. Um, and then obviously Oakland, those, those fans are probably my favorite fan base to have ever played, uh, with They they still, to this day, I get, you know, fan mail. I still talk to a few people that I met, um, in the stands when I went to a few Oakland games, it was, uh, they're pretty, uh, pretty loyal as comparison to some other, um, organizations. Florida Orthopedic Associates is proud to support Stetson University Athletics. Don't let pain affect your game. For sports injuries, sprains, fractures, and breaks, if it hurts, see them first at their Orange City Walk-In Clinic for urgent orthopedic injuries. Offices in DeLand, Orange City, Lake Mary, and New Smyrna Beach. Florida Orthopedic Associates. State-of-the-art care, close to home. Now, your career, you made it all the way up to AAA. You had a, you had a really good uh, career. But you never quite got that last hunt. Right. What was it? What was it like? I mean, how frustrating was it to not get that opportunity, and how hard of a decision was it to finally say, "I've had enough"? Yeah, so I, I, I would say I went on my own terms as far as retiring from baseball. And the, the funny thing is, the reason I retired wasn't so much for lack of ability. Actually, the, the last year I had before I retired with the Phillies in 2018 was probably my best AAA year. Um, I played great. My last hit was a walk-off in the playoffs. Um, but I, I retired more so for my daughter. Um, you know, being away from, you know, her for eight months every year is, uh, I mean, a lot of kids change really quick, especially at that age. So, you know, at 30, 31, at that, well, I was 30 at that time, 28, 29, around there. Um, I just looked at it as, you know, I thought I'd be a career minor leaguer at that point, even if I made it to the big leagues. Um, I believe I had the talent to do it. It was just one of those things where, you know, timing wasn't right. Organizations had really good catching in front of me. Um, so I just wanted to go out on my own terms as opposed to, you know, going through the release side of it and then trying to beg for a job. I never wanted to be at that point. Um, and I did know, you know, the Olympics was coming up. So I transitioned into coaching. 
Uh, and then the Olympic stuff happened that it made me just miss baseball immensely. So um, ended up kind of just working my butt off to, to make this team and be part of this team. And, uh, you know, I've, I've played really well so far in the last couple of games and then the qualifiers help us get here. So even though I didn't make it to the big leagues for me, I think the Olympics is one of those things where, you know, I, I know a ton of guys that played in the big leagues. I mean, I can name a list. There's names sure. all over Stetson's wall. Um, but as far as Olympic athletes, baseball players specifically, I don't know any. Um, so this will be a good little slide in to fill in that void of making it to the major leagues. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, you had a, a, an exhibition game today with your with your team. And uh, from what I saw on Twitter, you hit one pretty good today, didn't you? Yeah, it's the best ball I've hit in a while. Um, it it's it's awesome having family there, you know, to see it too, because this will probably be one of the last few times I put on a baseball uniform. Right. And they're not allowing families in Tokyo, which is you know unfortunate. Um, but yeah, anytime you hit a ball like that, you know, being the end of, of my career, knowing it's the last time I put on a baseball uniform, um, it's great that, you know, my family is able here, you know, able to see it and be a part of it. And we're joking about that being the last home run they're probably going to see in person. Um, hopefully the next one they see is obviously on TV for in Tokyo. So when do you when do you leave for Tokyo and what's the what's the process? I mean, how many games will they be there? So we leave the 20th, I believe, um, maybe the 21st opening ceremonies, I believe is the 23rd. Um, after that, we have about a four day, uh, workout program, um, just some, you know, workouts in Tokyo. And then our opening game is the 27th against Korea. Um, once that happens, we play team USA on the 29th and then it's just a seating depending on where you land. Uh, it'll dictate when your next game is and stuff like that. So tell us a little bit about your uh, Israeli national team. Uh, who are some of the standout players and what kind of baseball are you guys playing? So I would say we're, we're very equivalent to probably a high-level AAA team. Um, the biggest names that we have on the team are, are Ian Kinsler, uh, Danny Valencia, who both played in the big leagues, Josh Todd played in the big leagues, uh, Jeremy Bleich, a left-handed pitcher, you know, played in the big leagues. And then we have a bunch of other minor league guys kind of sprinkled in and another handful, about five or six guys from Israel that um, when we started in 2011, Israel was really not a baseball, you know, country. They didn't really have soccer was basically their biggest sport um, along with judo. So our main goal was to uh, build awareness for baseball in Israel. And since then they've, you know, built two baseball fields. There's another one on the way. Um, I believe they're 18 U. Um, baseball team is working on qualifying right now for, um, national tournament. Um, I, I don't know where the tournament is that they're going. We just sent a few good luck messages their way too. So, um, outside of that, I think our team has a really good shot. Um, I'm, I'm feeling good about it, especially seeing what, what we put out there the last couple of days. And I know on the website, y'all are, y'all are helping raise money for the Israeli baseball program. Tell me a little bit about the, those efforts and, and what you guys are doing to try to draw attention to the program. Yeah, so I think a lot of it had to start with uh, getting us to Tokyo. We actually are the biggest delegation of athletes to go to Israel or to go to the Olympics to represent Israel out of any delegation. Uh, there's not many sports that send, you know, 25 athletes collectively. Um, so that, you know, helped fund uh, a lot of donations helped funded that to get us there. Um, and then the remainder of the funds will go towards uh, some baseball gear for the Olympics. Um, also gear for our 18U team and others that are in Israel 
And like I said, having the ability to have baseball fields over there, um, along with baseballs, I mean, baseballs are very expensive and, and about $20 a pop, um, plus baseball bats and, you know, other useful equipment for Israel field maintenance. There's a lot of things that go into, um, not only building, but also maintaining a baseball program. So a lot of those donations go back to Israel, um, to help grow the sport. And how can people get involved in helping out with that? So there's a website. Um, it's actually listed on the link in my, my bio on Instagram. Um, you can click on a specific player and donate under their name. Um, you can also donate directly just to the, uh, the, the fund. Um, if anybody, uh, you know, needs any information on that, uh, they, they can feel free to message me on any of my social medias and we can go over the process. Um, there are also, is it is also a Israel, uh, baseball shop that sells hats, jerseys, um, shirts, shorts, all kinds of stuff. And some of the proceeds are actually given back to the Israeli, uh, baseball national fund as well. Very nice. Very nice. Now, did you grow up watching the Olympics every four years or is this, uh, something where you've kind of had to learn what the Olympic experience is going to be about? So I loved watching the winter Olympics. I loved snowboarding. Um, I loved watching bobsledding, all that kind of stuff. I thought it was super interesting. Um, as far as the summer Olympics goes, um, I basically only watched basketball. Uh, my dad's a huge basketball fan. So we would sit there and watch that outside of that. Um, I'd never really considered myself, um, having the ability to be an Olympian. So I didn't really pay attention to the opening or closing ceremonies. Um, the gold medal, silver medal, bronze medal stuff. I never really watched any of that. Um, but now knowing that, you know, having a 50% chance to walk out of Tokyo with a medal, um, has, you know, led us to doing a little more research on our own and finding out how, how crazy it is to even be considered that level of a, of an athlete. So what do you feel like it's going to be like when you go into those opening ceremonies? So the opening ceremonies, I think the only reason it's going to be a little bit less than the standard Olympics is because there's not any fans there. Right. So walking into a Coliseum type atmosphere with 50,000 people would probably be, you know, ridiculous. I don't even know how I would describe the feeling, but um, knowing what we're going to be doing, there's still 11,000 athletes that are going to be walking around an open ceremony. So um, I, I'm sure it'll be a one of a kind of experience that I'll never forget. Um, I don't, I don't even know how I would, what I would compare the feeling to because the most important baseball game I've ever you know played in was the world baseball classic or even the regional with Stetson. I didn't have anything of, of this severity. So I'll, uh, I'll definitely have to have a follow-up interview after and go over what a compare the feelings. Yeah. So, so you talked about this is probably going to be the last opportunity for you to put on a baseball uniform. So how big is it for you to be able to do that and know you're doing it for the last time in the Olympic games? Yeah, I think it, and the only way it was an advantage to me is it allowed me to train a little differently, just knowing that, you know, this is an opportunity that not many people get. Um, so to basically, I, we always say, give it your all, obviously that's like the mantra in all sports. Um, but at this point it's literally like whatever I have left in the tank, you, you leave on E. So, um, it definitely adds a little bit more, uh, I guess, sentimental value for me knowing it is the last time I'm going to be able to put on a baseball uniform. Right. Um, but you also try to worry about what you can control, worry about, you know, the severity of the situation I think is dictated by the way you look at it. So if you kind of look at it like another game, I think you, you end up controlling your emotions, being able, being able to breathe, 
Um, that's going to be huge for us going into these type of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is a little bit of an advantage to us not having fans. Um, I just think that takes a little bit of the nervousness and the butterflies out of it because you're not walking into a stadium full of, you know, like I said, 20, 50,000 people. GoHatters.PhotoShelter.com is your one-stop shop to find images of all the most memorable moments from your favorite Stetson teams. Game day and event photos are available for purchase directly on the website. Show your Stetson pride and log on to GoHatters.PhotoShelter.com to get your photos today. So what are the plans after the Olympics? Are you planning on coaching or you you have other plans in mind? Yeah, so I've actually been working in healthcare for about two years at this point. Um, I probably will stick with that just for the stability, you know, being a family man and, and getting married and all these things coming up. Um, as much as I would love to go back and play baseball at some point, you do have to realize it's there's a shelf life in baseball. You can't play it forever. Um, and I do think there is uh, some value in going out on my own terms as opposed to being told you can't play anymore. Sure. Um, I've seen that happen to many guys. I've, you know, gone through the injuries. I've done that. And I think when you go out in your own terms, there's a separate level of, of confidence you have going into the real world, knowing that you made a decision to leave something as opposed to being told you can't come back. So, um, I don't think there's much baseball in my future outside of the occasional lesson, um, and stuff like that going in Las Vegas. And speaking of which you, you did settle in Las Vegas, which was where you finished your career. Um, what was it that made you decide to, you wanted to live in Vegas? Yeah, the weather, I mean, it has mostly to do with the weather. I mean, growing up in Florida, um, as you know, it rains all the time. Um, <laughs> short of Vegas is it doesn't rain much, um, but it does get to about 125 degrees, which is insane. Um, and there's a ton of baseball people out there. I mean, Chris Bryant grew up there, Bryce Harper grew out there. Um, and for me, it's close to Arizona. It's close to California, which are two humongous baseball States. And with Arizona spring training being so close, um, my original goal was to continue coaching, uh, when I was with the Brewers and kind of go along that route. Um, and then, you know, things happen at the drop of a hat. So the healthcare drop, uh, dropped in my lap and then I kind of just ran with it. So Vegas ended up being home and, you know, my daughter's three years old and, she has a ton of friends there. So it seems like that's going to be the place to be. And you mentioned you're getting married uh, later this year and your daughter. Yeah. Riley, January. Your daughter Riley is uh, your pride and joy. What's it like being a girl dad? Yeah. So, I mean, if you cover my shirt, dad life, I, uh, I feel like just the way I was raised, you know, my dad and my, my mom always being there. And, you know, my dad set a great example for me growing up on what it's like to provide for your children, provide for your family, give them the life that, you know, you've always hoped and dreamed of. So I've kind of followed in those footsteps. Obviously, you know, if you, if you follow me on social media, you can see my dad's there for probably 100% of my baseball activity. And then, you know, still able to, to be there for a ton of Riley stuff. Um, he does live on the opposite side of the country, which we have tried many times uh, using Riley's voice to get him to move to Las <laughs> Vegas. So um, at some point, I do believe that will be in the future. Um and uh, Riley can, you know, see where I got the good dad vibes from. Um, she loves him. We actually call him Pops, uh, which is a ton of nicknames, but his is based on the fact that he popsicles all the time. Uh, it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner for him. So uh, we, yeah, Riley is definitely the definition of pride and joy for me. I hope that she picks up some sort of athletic ability. 
from me, whether it's golf, tennis, softball, basketball, it could be anything. Um, she's got a little love for soccer right now. So we'll, we'll see where she goes. Maybe she'll go to Stetson one day. Maybe so. So what's she, I mean, three year old, she's, she's got to have a, a, the run of the house and kind of dominating everybody's uh, time right now. Right. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that up until two years old, I used to brag of, about how she was the greatest, most well-behaved baby in the world. And that terrible twos were not a thing. And then three happened and I take it all back. She, she's got, she's learned how to say no. She's learned how to tell me what she wants, which is great, but you know how it is. She, she's getting into that little bit of a, I can do it myself mm-hmm. kind of role. And, and I love every second of it. And the more independent she is, the better. Um, and like I said, once the sports happen, I would rather her not needing me there all around, all around anyways. Um, I definitely am going to coach anything outside of softball and baseball. I've already made the decision that um, I'll probably never coach a little league team. I'll probably never coach a softball team and it has nothing to do with the kids, but if you ever give them lessons or been around parents are the worst to deal with. And I'm sure I would be one of those parents as well. Um, so I'm going to stick, uh, stay away from those type stuff, but I'll pretend to know about soccer and flag football and basketball and all that stuff. So how much have you followed Stetson baseball since you left? I mean, obviously you've been busy during the spring and summer with your own career, but how much do you keep up with what's going on with Stetson? Well, thank, you know, because of social media, I, I keep up, you know, pretty well. Uh, Trimper and I have had a few conversations since, you know, Dunn left. Uh, Dunn and I still communicate through Facebook a little bit. Um, but, you know, they've been been doing really well. I actually have seen a few guys, obviously DeGrom, but I've seen a few guys after my stay at Stetson that I knew for a brief bit make it to the big leagues. I know Mazika made it to the big leagues. Um, I think Logan Gilbert just had a few, yep. a few good outings. He threw like eight shutout innings a couple nights ago. Yep. Um, I know they made it to a super regional, I think in 18 or 19 ish around there, 20, 18. Yeah. So I've, I've kept up with them a little bit. Um, obviously being on the opposite side of the country, it's tough to go back. Um, but I went to an al- alumni game. I, I believe it was in like 2016. So I've made, you know, a few, a uh, few trips back there, but, follow mostly along through social media. What is your favorite memory from Stetson? My favorite memory from Stetson. Oh, there's so many good ones, man. Um, I would definitely have to say the number one memory for me had to be getting drafted. Obviously. I mean, that's probably number one for me. And I was actually at Stetson. Um, I stayed there while that was all going on. Um, But I, I think the number one, memory I have was the opening to the 2011 season where we swept Georgia right. and it ended up being like, I, I feel like you don't even, no matter how good your team is at Stetson, you don't get credit unless you win. Right. You could have, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I guess that's how it is in any, with any team, but we opened up and just, you know, beat Georgia all three games. We beat FSU at FSU. Um, I would say those four games were the highlight probably of my entire career. Cause we were such we were looked at as such underdogs right. and then one with ease. I mean, the FSU game was a little different, but I remember Ben hit a homer. It had to be the ninth or the 10th that put us up. And I, I remember I was on deck and I got, I still get the chills from that. Um, Spencer Thyssen robbed a homer in center field in like the third inning. I remember Devin Travis hit it. And let me tell you, I have the worst memory in the world. <laughs> and for me to remember all this stuff, like it had to stick with me pretty well. So those, those four games uh, stuck with me really great. And then obviously I had a walk-off single against uh, NC State in the regional to put us to play against uh, South Carolina. So that was a pretty good one as well. 
So, you know, obviously you're focused on your baseball right now, but that's coming to an end. Riley's obviously going to take a lot of your time, but what other things do you like to do uh, away from work and uh, at home? Yeah, so me and my fiance, Jess, we, we enjoy basically anything outdoors. We um, will do canoeing now. We, we want to stay active. I'm not a big homebody. I don't like to, you know, just sit in the house. So outside of us going outdoors and hanging around and doing fun stuff, um, I still do baseball lessons on the side, um, a lot of stuff in my community. And strictly, as much as I love giving the actual baseball lesson when it comes to physical ability, right. um, for me, I enjoy the conversation a little more because when I was, you know, 16, 15 years old, all I had was my dad for instruction. Um, and he might have been able to dunk a basketball at 14, but he didn't play professional baseball. True. So for me to become a professional baseball player with his knowledge was, you know, a long shot. Um, so I'm trying to help kids learn, I guess, at an earlier age, be told certain things, given certain direction that, you know, when I was 12, 13, 14, I wish I would have had and maybe, you know, push me along a different path. So, you know, helping out these kids is definitely something I like to do. So uh, we'll wrap this up. You mentioned earlier on that people could reach out to you on your social media channels. Tell us what those are so people will know how to reach out to you. The social media handles are nrickles and at Nick Rickles. And then uh, I'll post a ton of videos and pictures and stuff throughout this little Olympic uh, journey. So if anybody does feel like following that or have any questions, they can reach out to me and, and check me out on those social media channels. And then uh, if anybody does want to donate, like we spoke about before, the links are on all my social medias. Um, and then we can, you know, if they need any further information, they can, they can message me as well. Well, Nick, it's been great talking to you today and catching up and, and I can't wait to watch you play in the Olympics here in a few weeks. I know you're going you're gonna to do uh, everybody at Stetson proud and, and make Israel proud as well and come home with a medal. Yeah, thanks, Ricky. Uh, like I said, uh, we'll have a follow-up interview with hopefully a medal around my neck in a couple weeks. So I will uh, look forward to talking to you then. Sounds good. Safe travels, right. and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. That will do it for another edition of Hatter Chatter, the podcast presented by Insight Credit Union. You can listen to Hatter Chatter on GoHatters.com or on any of your favorite podcast sites, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and others. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing. And if you enjoy our podcast, feel free to rate us or comment on our show. You can also email with questions or suggestions to HatterChatter at Stetson.edu. That's HatterChatter at Stetson.edu. Thanks for listening and go Hatters! Stetson Athletics would like to thank all of our corporate partners for everything they do to give our student athletes an opportunity to be as successful on the playing field as they are in the classroom. A special thank you to all of the sponsors who help make Hatter Chatter, the podcast, possible. Those sponsors include our presenting sponsor, Insight Credit Union, where we remind you that Insight Credit Union, bringing better banking to Central Florida for nearly 85 years, Insight Credit Union and you, better together, Coca-Cola and Coke Florida, your team, your Coke. Hampton Inn and Suites DeLand, the perfect place to stay to cheer on the Hatters. Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. The Westin Lake Mary Orlando North, for a better you. Daytona Beverage and Bud Light, always drink responsibly. ImageWorks, your one-stop corporate identity shop. And a very special thanks to our medical partners, 
Advent Health and Florida Orthopedic Associates for all they do to help keep our student athletes healthy and competing at the highest level. Remember, keep up with all things Hatters at GoHatters.com where you'll find links to our online store, Stetson Athletics photo store, all of our social media along with information on our teams, coaches, student athletes, and more along with ticket information and how you can support the Hatters. Just visit GoHatters.com. Thank you.